podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Miller, lovely cushion header. But you beauty! What a headshot! What a head! The time to Luis Garcia. Tries his luck. Hello and it's a warm welcome to your Champions League preview here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. We're at the half-time stage of the tie. Yeah, Liverpool 3-0 up. Now, will this be Man City's Istanbul or will Jürgen's Reds get the job done? Joining me to discuss uh, an exhilarating night at El Anfield and, and what the second leg at the Etihad might just hold in store for us are two stellar guests. First is uh, my co-host for all things grappling and a writer for the uh, Daily Mirror Sport. It's Mo Chatra. Hi there, Mo. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? I'm not so bad, not so bad. I've I've come off a night shift, but I'm not tired. I'm still buzzing from Wednesday night. Oh yeah, I think like all of us, uh, still amazing. Um, can't, can't can't quite believe it, but uh, you know we've got to get back to earth because uh, we've got a couple of big games over the next four days. Yeah, pinch me, pinch me. Is this real? Pinch me. Is this real? <laughs> uh, that's how we're all feeling. I think still. And my, my other guest is the man of a thousand gifts and photoshops. He's a Desi <laughs> regular. <laughs> and he's a regular home and away for Liverpool. It is, of course, Harinda Singh. Hiya, Harinda. Hello. Hi, Andy. Hi, Mo. <laughs> Are they Ooh. all behaving themselves where you're sat? Yeah, currently. Just people on benches eating their lunch, to be fair. <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably a nice, quiet spot in London. It just happens to be called Manchester Square Gardens. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's a circle. More will know all about this, but um, just give them, point the finger of doom at them if they start to make any noise. I'll throw a pigeon at them instead. <laughs> go, look, go, attack. <laughs> Shit over there. <laughs> now, as we said, you know, Wednesday night, the, the first leg, what a night that was. It was incredible. Um, a fantastic performance by Liverpool, a twofold performance, I, I would say, actually. You know, two different performances, first, second half, both fantastic. We will get to um, some of that. First, though, uh, the atmosphere. Now, again, this was a twofold thing because we had the atmosphere in the stadium, which was itself incredible. Almost what we've come to expect, European nights at Anfield. This This was really up there, though. And and there was also the atmosphere outside the stadium. Um, a lot was made of it um, in the, the lead up to it. And there has been a lot of reaction afterwards. Now, Harinda, I want to start with you because you were there. Um, what what do you make of, of some of the things that happened outside of the stadium in terms of the, the stuff being thrown at the Man City bus? You can't really condone it, can you? It's shit, really, because it mars what was otherwise a fantastic welcome because as it came down towards the Arkles, there wasn't anything being thrown there was lots of pyro lots of noise lots of Manchester shit as as is expected the abuse 
Um, and it turned the corner going past the Uncle's pub, which ironically is usually the away pub for away fans. Um, headed towards Annie Road, headed towards the gates, and it just stood before it hit the You Never Walk Alone. I don't know what happened. I genuinely don't know what happened. I only can see what was on the videos because I was alongside the Arkles, um, quite close. I couldn't see bottles being thrown. I couldn't see cans being thrown. Everyone was very, very rowdy, very, very shouty, very Manchester as shit. But what happened next? It's bad, right? You know? Yeah, it's, uh, like you said, it does. We, it it must. Yeah. It, it we welcomed, yeah, exactly. We welcomed Chelsea, and it, if anything, Chelsea could have should have been much worse, right? Back in thirteen fourteen. Yeah, yeah. It should the bus probably wouldn't even move, but nothing happened to that. Villarreal similar, and there was scaffolding, so people were a much higher vista to throw things down from, but they didn't. So yeah. why in this one is beyond me, and I don't think the antagonisation has helped either by the media, either by fans stoking fires on either side. It's not really needed. Never really had many problems with City before. I don't expect to have them going forward either. You know, it just seems to be a, a, a sad situation. But what it shouldn't detract is the amount of collective spirit that was there as the coaches came to Anfield. You know, people yeah. were ready to bond with complete strangers because we all love Liverpool. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the overarching element to take away. Yeah, from it's there. that's it. It is it is a shame that a few idiots do spoil it for everyone else because what you saw was you know other than that was incredible. I mean visually it was spectacular. All those people, the flags, the banners, the scarves, the pyros, you know, the video from the bus before the the, the objects start hitting it, it just looks incredible. It, it, it really and, and didn't need. Who those guys who paid attention in gym class and how to climb a rope, and then utilised those same skills to climb, <laughs> to climb traffic Love lights? <laughs> well, you know, climbing a traffic light is a hard thing to do. Okay, I'm not saying that I've done it, but it's sitting on it, perching on it for that period of time. I just hope they're all padded pants. Uh, and more coming across to yourself. Um, I, I, I know it's a shame to start on a negative uh, topic, but we we shouldn't. Sh- Guy away from it and and gets it out of the way before we can get ourselves all positive. But uh, what what did you make of uh, of what happened? I mean, do you, do you feel it? You know, it it just kind of reinforces some of the stereotypes that are held against our club and its fans. Um, it perhaps did. Um, those more enlightened individuals, I would have obviously noticed that there was a minority. I mean, there were obviously a fair few bottles thrown if you look at all of the footage that's out there now. Um, it wasn't just, you know, half a dozen or a dozen bottles or other items. Um, there were actually quite a few things. But a lot of these things were just um, items which would co- cause no damage, empty plastic bottles predominantly. Um, but then um, there were obviously some lager cans and um, glass bottles which did cause the damage. Um, and I, I think, you know, people have to bear in mind it was an evening game. A lot of people had taken the day off work to attend in. Um, had been in pubs and bars uh, for a number of hours and uh, certainly not making excuses but um, you know w- when you've got a um, highly charged evening game um, then you do get certain section of fans who um, are worse for wear by the time um, you know the, the one or two hours leading into the game so you know that, that perhaps explains why some of the behavior was um, out of order it was clearly um, something that a small minority of the fans uh, were responsible for. The vast majority of the many thousands in the streets around um, Anfield uh, were very well behaved, uh, conducting themselves impeccably. Uh, but as usual, the attention is on 
the, the minority. Yeah, it is. Uh, and Harinda, back to you again. Uh, inside the stadium, then. Let, let's get nice and positive in terms of atmosphere. I mean, you've been to quite a number of Champions League nights. How does this one rank for you? I think it's one of the best. I genuinely think it's one of the best. So Chelsea, back in 2004, 2005, it got, it got a little bit nervy. You know, it's like, um, it was tense. It was worrying. It was, oh my God, will they score? After the first goal, after the ghost goal went in, you know, it, it was quite a subdued atmosphere because people were quite scared. But in this one, we were on the up. And then we were on the up again. And then we were on the up again. And it just carried on and on from there. You know, the whole stadium reverberating. And it's not the old ground. You know, the main stand, kind of wooden areas or pillars or anything like that. Things that would help reverb and make the ground shake. They're gone. A lot of them are gone. So this is a new era, a new dawn almost in regards to um, making Anfield rock. But it was the old guard of spirit, determination, and making sure City knew they were in a match. I, I think the coach rattled them a little bit. Not enough. You know, in the sense that people are making out that you know it was all because of the um, the coach and they lost their bottle and whatever. No, I think the fan base absolutely tore them apart. They came in. They're not going to get that at City. You know, they have their fans in the no. prison or whatever. They're not going to get that at City. They're not going to see anything like that at City. They'll never see anything like that at Old Trafford either. They're not going to see that kind of atmosphere at any other ground they go to. They're only going to get it at Anfield. And boy, did they get it. Everybody came with their A-game and it was fucking immense. Absolutely beautiful. It absolutely was. Uh, and more, you know, like Linda said there, you know, an incredible atmosphere. I think... I think perhaps, you know, the, the number of seasoned internationals that City have, perhaps it wouldn't so much intimidate them. I, I think what can happen with the atmosphere at Liverpool is they can, players can almost get caught up into it and become like a spectator, you know, taking it in like, wow, th- this is, you know, what people talk about. And you just can't afford to be a spectator on the football pitch rather than, r- rather than actually be intimidated by it. Um, do, do you think there's anything in that or do, do you think there was a bit of intimidation there for the city players? Yeah, I think there was a bit of intimidation there. Um, and it's hard for, it's hard for that not to be the case given how vociferous the support was. I mean, even by Anfield standards, this was something else. I, I really can't recall. I mean, obviously I'm, I'm speaking from somebody who was watching um, on television, but I really can't recall a match where from minute one to stoppage time at the end of the second half, um, there had been so much noise for such a prolonged period. There's hardly any points in the whole match where um, we had quiet points during the game. Um, it was just so much noise. The new LALA song is just fantastic because, you know, there's certain sections of the cop and even perhaps in other stands that just happy to sing it over and over and over again. And so that noise and the, you know, persistent booing as well whenever City were on the ball. Um, it was just crescendo-like and, uh, you know, it'd take a really seasoned veteran to block out all of that and still play with a cool, calm head. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me um, if a number of the players, um, Laporte, for example, in particular, you know, I thought had a poor game, um, you know, let it get to them. And I think it did. And, you know, that, that's what the Anfield crowd can do. Uh, we, we've seen it so many times before. You think back to Dortmund, what a great team they were a couple of years ago. Three one up and, you know, the crowd had a second goal from Phil Coutinho go in and then they just rose to the occasion. 
and Dortmund crumbled and it was a very similar situation with Man City um, this week. Uh, and just briefly on the on the match itself then, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, you know, I, I felt it was a two-fold performance. You know, the first half was a it was, it was all our attacking display, you know, the, the way we blew them away. The second half was about how we contained them, how we defended as a unit. Uh, again, a really such a good display. I mean, you know, you look at, in, in terms of taking this forward to the second leg, th- that performance from from demonstrating our ability to, to hurt City, to hit them and score goals against them, but also to be able to contain them and defend against them. And then that importance of keeping the clean sheet more. I mean, how much do you think that performance will really sort of play on City's mind going into the second leg? Yeah, so it was very much a performance of two halves. Um, you know, we were that, Liverpool that everyone associates us with in the first half. But then we were like the Rafa Benitez team um, in the second half. And I, in fact, tweeted something along the lines of Klopp channeling his inner Rafa and to close out the game. And keeping that clean sheet was so important because one goal now at the Etihad and that should pretty much kill off the game. Um, that was very disciplined in the second half. Um, as defensively sound as I've ever seen the Klopp team um, whilst he's been at Anfield and um, you know that that was absolutely vital because had City got one goal back or more then you know that would have given him plenty of encouragement to claw that gap that deficit back um, at their home ground whereas with 3-0 they know that they've got to put in an almost flawless performance um, defensively um, to keep a clean sheet themselves. And given their frailties that were exposed um, by our front three and Oxlade, Chamberlain, um, that's a very, very tall ask. So I, th- I think it's it's very difficult for them. And I think that Liverpool's best approach really is to try and start the second leg in much the same way as the first. You know, trying to replicate the second half performance from the other night for an entire 90 minutes at the Etihad is something that could be quite a risky thing to do. So, you know, that that, that needs to be uh, the kind of approach to kind of go with um, cautious approach, but uh, just nonetheless um, look to be front-footed as well. And Harinda, I mean, how was it second half in, in the stadium? Was there some nerves when you know with the way we were sitting back and and really looking to soak up the pressure against City and contain them, given and, um, we, we've not we've not always been the best at that. So you know <laughs> to to do that second half, you know it, it, as as fantastic as the first was and obviously you know like you said exhilarating with the goals and and the attacking play, that second half what we put on there uh, and managing to get that clean sheet. I mean was was it nervy? A little bit nervy second half, or did you feel quite sort of confident in the stadium no, at, that um, at the we best had of them? Time, at the best of times, I'm like Cleveland from Family Guy. You know when the panic situation occurs in our box, or the pressure situation arrives in our box, and you're thinking, oh shit, I'm going to be going, no, 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 kind of, you know, at uh, a high pitch. Salah goes off, and it happens in front of my eyes, I'm like going, oh, okay, this is a bit bad, you know, mows down, shit, and then from nowhere, you just sit there and you hear a voice deep inside which goes, we've got this, we have got this. And as the confidence grew in the defence and the performance on the pitch grew in regards to it, you could just feel the crowd ease and 
the songs became even more vocal. The the booing of City when they had the ball was hilarious. Oh, just that, you know what? A team that can literally blow anybody away had zero attempts on goal, on target. Zero. It's Man City. Zero. It says everything about Liverpool's defence on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's a masterclass for Liverpool because our defensive attributes, they're not always fantastic, right? Let's not beat around the bush here. Let's not presume that we're brilliant defensively all the time. We're not. But on that night, we, we taught City a lesson, a real lesson. And they were humbled by us. And they came with the arrogance and the swagger and they left with their tails between their legs. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I think they were... Uh... I think the potentially is a little bit of a psychological um, blow there, really. That, like you said, you know, City getting zero shots on target—that that's just unheard of, and that's something that obviously we can take to the second leg. But you mentioned there, you know, turning up with a swagger and and getting slapped in the face. You think that's that's something we absolutely can't afford to to do ourselves, you know, role reversal uh, at the Etihad. I just think when Pep looks in the mirror on Thursday morning and he's shaving his baldy head, he thinks it can stop. Fuck, I've just got done, good and proper. And what can he do now? His first game plan was, all right, we'll go wide to Sané, we'll scare the shit out of Trent, and everything will go horribly wrong to Liverpool. And for the first 10 minutes, I thought they could have, because, you know, like the silver and Sané connection and all that kind of stuff happening, I could just see it in front of my eyes. And then Trent just said, no, fuck off, I'm not having this. I don't care what you're going to bring, bring it. And that was brilliant. And good on Trent. You know what, good on him, good on Liverpool as a whole to show that, that City team that no, you know what, we're not taking any of this. And I think the same's going to happen at, at the Etihad. City have to come out and do something. They can't afford to do nothing. They can't afford to just sit there and behave and go, all right, you know what, we've got this. They've got nothing right now. All they've got is a 3-0 deficit to overturn. And they've got to do it by opening up. As soon as they open up, what's going to happen next? Exactly what happened at Anfield. Yeah, and, and um, I mean, more mentioned it as well. You, do you think Liverpool will get an away goal on, on uh, Tuesday night? I think if City go all out, we will. Yeah. Because we have, have no choice. We have and no the, choice then. And um, the thing, of course, then is that, you know, if we get an away goal, that's it. City then need five. And, you know, they, they can point to the league performance earlier in the season or that result. But I think I think it's hard to sort of bring that, the context of that game into this one because of the way Liverpool just went to pieces in a one-off game, they were down to 10 men and see, didn't know that, what to do about it. I don't think we'll see that. At my last visit at the Etihad, when that actually happened at 5-0, uh, yeah, it was very painful sitting there, standing there and thinking, what the fuck is going on here? But up until Sané being sent, sorry, uh, Mane being sent off, we were in it. And we were looking to be on the up. We'd ridden their storms. And we were like, going, OK, look, we can get into this. And then got sent off. And the whole thing went pot. We, we couldn't muster much back after that. And that's kind of an, an anomaly, you know, in respect to us playing City. Other times we've gone there, you know, we've been on top of them. And Lalana, God bless his cotton socks, didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And we could have won last season. Season before that, Klopp's first season, we went there and we absolutely thunderbastered them. Yeah. What are they going to uh, do? Yeah, and I think that will be in their head. You know, like if they're open, they know they're going to get back. They're going to get battered. Yeah. And 
unless Pep has a miracle up his sleeve, I don't know what he's going to be able to do. Having said all that, I'm still shitting it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it wouldn't be Liverpool FC if you, if you weren't. <laughs> uh, more, you mentioned an away goal. Do you, you feel confident that Liverpool will score? You know, like Hurin just said there, you know, that, that means, like I said, you know, obviously Liverpool score, Man City have to get five. And, and as Hurin just said, you know, City have got to come out. They've got to come on the front foot looking for something. So inevitably we'll leave some space in behind. So you, you feel that we can get an away goal here and, and that will be a real deciding factor in this tie. Oh, absolutely. Um, for two reasons. Um, firstly, we score pretty much every game um, we play at the moment. In fact, there's only been perhaps two, three, maybe four times this season when we haven't scored. And on those occasions, we've always come up against a team that's parked the bus or two buses, in the case of Man United. Um, Man City will not do that. So they will have spaces at the back for us to exploit. Um, the second thing is, um, I think psychologically, we've got them rattled. I think their defenders um, fear our attackers. Um, you know, We've caused them a lot of problems um both not only the last two games that we've played them but even in those first 20-25 minutes at the Etihad earlier in the season we were the better team even though we were losing when Mane went off you know the uh, Guero goal I think it was came against run of play um so you know we, we were doing really well and we're looking to, to replicate what we'd delivered the season before so I've got no doubt whatsoever that we will score but at the same time, um, if they go completely gung-ho, I wouldn't put it past them to be able to put four or five past us. Because let, let's face it, I mean, Dejan Lovren will play and he's always capable of having an absolute mare. And if he um, has a mare, who are we going to bring on to replace him? Masterson. I mean, with all due respect to the kid, but, you know, it really won't be much of an improvement if we have to sling off um, Lovren and replace him with a player that's not even played one single senior game. So, you know, that, that's my concern. But look, you know, the chances of them, even with Lovren having a mare scoring five goals, I, I think are extremely unlikely. And I've got no doubt we will score at least one goal. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, Klopp will play it very sensibly. And, um, you know, he, he will certainly have a game plan, you know, should City start off like a house on fire and perhaps put a couple of early goals past us. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, you've mentioned there, you know, how thin the squad is at the moment. Um, what about the effect of injuries and suspension on, on this second leg, possibly for Liverpool? Because as you mentioned there, you know, if, if anything happens in the defence, um, we've got no one to really sort of bring on experience-wise, certainly at centre-back with Clavin and Matip both injured. And there's concerns at the moment over Emre Chan. We're not, it's not entirely sure just what the state of his injury is. Um, John Henderson's now suspended for the second leg. So, and we obviously, as Harinder mentioned earlier, you know, Mo Salah went off in the first leg. Hopefully that was just precautionary, but... Um, what what about suspensions and, and the possibility of, of the effect that that could have on our our team going into this second leg? Then, well, it's certainly a concern. Obviously, Henderson picking up that needless yellow card 
didn't help. Um, I, I know he's received a lot of plaudits for his performance the other night. Uh, I thought he had a by standards a pretty good game. I, I didn't think he was amazing, but you know I'd still prefer him over Ginny Wijnaldum. Um, you know Henderson doesn't shy away. He's happy to get on the ball, um, whereas certainly away from home. Um, the same can't necessarily be said of Ginny. He disappears far too often, far too much. Um, so him potentially replacing Hendo is a concern. Um, and obviously we, we've got the injuries. You know, we're all hoping that um, Salah will be fine, and I think he will be. Um, but you know, if, if we can somehow get Emre Can, in fact, no, Emre Can is definitely out, isn't he? Um, so we, we know well, that he's it, also. I'm not sure. I don't know whether there's been any further updates. There's certainly been rumours swirling around, so it's. I think it's yet to be confirmed by the club either way, isn't it? Well, it was. Um, there was a story. Um, so as you recall, this on Friday, um, a story put out this morning by James Pierce of the Liverpool Echo, stating that Chan will miss the uh, game at the Etihad on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, that that should be pretty reliable source um, and I'm still hoping beyond hope that he is available because if he is then that will make a big difference but if he isn't available then it will almost certainly be um, Ginny, Milner and Oxlade um, making up the midfield but if Salah can't play either then you know, we've really got a problem so you know, depending on how the injuries pan out um, you know, it might significantly affect everyone's confidence, not only the fans, but also the players as well. Uh, Herinda, you know, as we mentioned there, you, the squad's thinning out a little bit with a few injuries and, you know, should should the worst happen, it is it is a bit of a concern there, certainly in the midfield, isn't it, with, like say, Henderson picking up that yellow card, that's him suspended for the second leg. Um, unsure on, on Shan, as more mentioned there, you know, James Pierce saying that he's definitely out for the second leg. We don't have too many options in midfield. I think we've got to hope against hope and somehow uh, more will be uh, Mosala will be will be able to play and that gives that. But it's again there's no backup to the defence. It's I, I is there a concern there for you slightly with um with the with these injuries and suspensions? Um, more so with the injuries, I'm not too worried about Henderson's suspension. There's a half suspicion in me that he meant to do it, rather than him missing the semi. Um, he takes the hit now. And in regards to the team that Klopp puts out, most clubs did quite well, right? There's, there's no real backup to anything. Seidel almost picks itself, and it does leave you a little bit worried. But then if you could channel his inner Rafa for the defence at Anfield, he can channel his inner Rafa in respect to the 0405 season were a team which had Igor Bishkan in it beat Juventus. Fair point, fair point. I have every faith in Herr Klopp to go and do it all over again. Yeah. And, and I suppose you could even point to the final with some of the players that played in that final and, and beat <laughs> the best team in Europe, AC Milan at the time. Um, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, so... But it, yeah, obviously, is a concern. I mean, how do you how do you expect us to actually approach the game then tactically? Do you, do you think we will uh, look to continue on from the second half where we we're, we're looking to restrict them, but hopefully be a little bit more protective of the ball when we have it rather than just hoof it um, anywhere, you know, gen- and sort yeah, of counter attack them? Sure, my genuine hope is that we're prepared for anything. Because it's going to, I think it's going to be a really cagey affair almost for the first 10 to 15 minutes. City are going to be 
they're going to have a game plan of sorts and they're going to be thinking do we really actually attack Liverpool here or, or do we kind of tie them down do we go for the motions but never actually don't go for the jugular unless something presents itself and therefore try and wear Liverpool down and I actually think that in the second half that's what they were trying to do because they kept on going one way one way one way dragging this all the other way then they brought Sterling on um, in order to attack the other side and they thought that we'd be drained but we weren't we were we were fatigued, but we didn't seem to be drained and out of it in regards to the fact that we could actually cope with what City were doing. Um, and I suspect that Klopp will prepare the side to do the same. So, i.e., if City come out and play this game whereby they want to wear us down, then fine, let them play that game, look for the holes, and pickpocket and attack when you can. Uh, in a similar vein, if it's full throttle, then be calm ensure that you don't put yourself in a stupid position and clear you know i couldn't give two shits if we went to um man city at the etihad and we hoofed the ball all day long i couldn't care less right now i'm not looking for a pretty football match i'm just looking for one which has the result whereby at the end of it we're in the semi. <laughs> i like that i like that uh, and more you know tactically looking at the way we start do you think then we, we look to press them early and and un, sort of unsettle them and per, perhaps get that early away goal uh, and then settle down? Or do you think uh, almost like a continuation of that second half where we're, we're, we're looking to sort of sit back, absorb them and, and perhaps hit them on the counter-attack? I think that we'll probably start the game or look to start the game similar to how the first half went, whereby um, Man City likely will start off with more of the possession, um, but we will pressure them, we will press and we will look to rob them of the ball and transition it um, from defence or midfield to attack as quickly as possible um, to try and um, expose the spaces that will invariably um, be available um, with Man City committing many men forward. So um, I, I suspect that that's what we'll look to do. Um, I can't imagine that we'll look to park the bus like we really did. Um, let, let, let's, let's face it, that's pretty much what we did. We had 10 men behind the ball for the majority of the second half. Um, and I can't see us looking to play that for 90 whole minutes. Um, we will probably have only about 30 to 35% possession during the game, similar to um, the other night. Um, but I don't think we'll be quite so defensively minded um, to start the game. I'm pretty certain that uh, Klopp will look to um, play on the counter and... Um, I'm sure, I'm certain almost that you know we'll get some very good opportunities um, as a result of that, and it's all about them putting those away. And you know, if Salah plays, um, you know he, he's this season as good a finisher as anyone in world football, and I'll have huge confidence that we'll get a goal. Whereas if um, he doesn't, then um, I will be worried. Yeah, so a positive opening 20, 25 minutes for Liverpool could could in actual fact, really decide this tie? Could they could end it as a contest? Yeah, I mean, if you think back to the um, Europa League game at Old Trafford a um, couple of years back, we were going to that game with a 2-0 lead from Anfield and uh, Man United got an early goal. I think it was a penalty. Um, but then filled with that absolutely sublime dink over um, the Ayers' shoulder equalised it and then United knew that they had to get another three goals and they just didn't have it in them because 
they weren't set up to score lots of goals under Louis, Louis van Gaal. So it just deflated the whole stadium, deflated the players. And, you know, they just basically played to avoid losing at home for the rest of that game. And, uh, you know, it could have a similar effect, you know, against Man City, except I think even if we do score a goal, I think they'll still go for it. I think only if we're, say, around 70, 75 minutes in and they need, say, three goals, then they might start looking like they're giving up the ghost. But certainly for the first hour at the least, you know, they're going to give it their all. Um, but as long as we get the one goal, which I'm sure we can, we, we, that, should, that should be enough for us. And Harindo, who do, you, who do you feel is going to be the key players for Liverpool in this game then? I think the most key player for us is going to be Bobby Firmino again. He, he sets the tempo of that front three in a way like nobody else can. Yeah, I just love him. Absolutely love him. He's subliminal on and off the ball. And his work rate is second to none. And I think that is what will help us the most. On Wednesday, he was anywhere and everywhere where he needed to be. Yeah. And um, when he took the shot off and then Edison saved it, I felt sorry for him because I thought he should have hit it harder. But in effect, Edison saving it and palming it made it even better for us because Carl Walker then had a man and then we all know what happened West next with Mozart. <laughs> um the great thing is, is that in the Pierce article that um, Mo mentioned earlier, it says that Chan isn't available, but Salah, no problem. So I, I'm, I'm all up for anything and everything come next uh, Tuesday. Because let's, let's be truly honest here. Anything can happen, right? And we've had everybody say who doesn't like Liverpool Football Club very much. Oh, you know, Liverpool have a bit of an easy ride. They haven't played anything fantastic yet. They haven't done this, they haven't done that. What are they going to say now? You've just gone and beaten the team that's considered to be probably one of the best in Europe, if not the best in Europe, this season. you just turned them inside out, put them on their ass, and told them to go home back to Manchester with a tail between their legs. What are people going to say now? <laughs> I like it. So, more who do you feel is going to be the key man then for Liverpool for, for us to... Uh, See out the game then, successfully uh, get get our way, navigate our way through this tie. Well, for me, it's um, Van Dijk. Um, you know, we we need to protect our um, advantage, and he's absolutely critical to that. You know, he's the one that organises, leads, and um, keeps that coolness at the back that didn't exist there previously, um, going back a number of years. So. You know, if if he is there at the back commanding things and making sure everyone's not getting up to mischief, then I'll be a lot more confident that we can um, see out the game. And um, you know, his performance, um, you know, the other night was was huge. Let, let's not discount, you know, the value that he added. Obviously, uh, you know, the critical battle was Trent against Sane, but. Um, you know, when it came to the overall organisation of that defence, uh, Van Dijk was the man, and um, similarly, I'm expecting him to do the same. Um, you know, come Tuesday. And final point then from you both, uh, Mo, I'll start with you. Match prediction for Tuesday night. Well, I think we'll lose, but we will uh, go through. Um, I'm certain we'll get at least one away goal. So I predict three-one to City. Mm. Nice, nice and tight. Interesting, exciting, nervous, tense, 
tense, everything like that. Uh, yeah. Harinda, what about yourself? What What do you expect then? What's your match prediction? <laughs> I can't ever predict a Liverpool loss. Sorry, guys. Um, I think it's going to be much the same. I think either going to be 2-1 to us or, as Mo said, 3-1, but in our favour. Um, I don't see City winning. I just don't. Um, with everything that's gone on. I, I just don't think they've got the fortitude to do it to us uh, and turn us over at the Etihad. I think we'll be stronger because we can visualise something. You know, they've got their sights firmly set on winning the Premier League. And let's face it, they could do it on the weekend. Yeah, they could do it on the weekend. They beat Man City, United. They win the league, you know, and they're going to be excited. I don't give a shit what Pep thinks. They're going to get hammered. You know, they win the league against United. They're going to go out on the piss. <laughs> I don't care. Anybody <laughs> said. They're going to be out. They're going to be going for it, right? Fantastic. You know what? Send, send them bottles from AI. Send them bottles for every, from everybody. Get them, leave them to it. You know what? I'm going to say to my cousins, they saw the pizzas they buy. I don't care. Honestly, I cannot see us losing at City. Not now. Please, not now. Yeah? I still go there cacking it, thinking that they could possibly do something to us. But my heart hearts, you know what? Come on, Liverpool. Bring it home now. We've come this far. Let's go and do the rest of it. Yeah, let's do it indeed. And and there you have it, folks. Um, a huge, a, an absolutely massive game ahead of us on Tuesday night. No doubt it will be nervous, um, but potentially it will be um, a fantastic night, uh, hopefully so. Uh, but it, without a doubt, it, an absolutely huge game, you know, massive, great magnitude. So it's going to be an unbelievable night. My thanks to uh, Mochatra and to Harinder Singh and our thanks to all of you for tuning in and listening. Um, I, I, I don't want to tempt fate by saying we will be back for the semi-final. Um, I will. I am somewhat superstitious, so I will purely say hopefully we will indeed be back for the semi-final and Jürgen Reds do the job. But hopefully until then, uh, from me, Andy Wales, it's Ale Ale Ale. Come on, you Reds. Network.